and welcome to Checked Out. We're broadcasting from Euclid Public Library in beautiful Euclid, Ohio. I'm Casey Armstrong, Director of the Library. And I'm Mike Stein, Assistant Manager of Adult Services. We talk about our favorite books, movies, services, and events with our favorite people and our favorite community. Each podcast will feature a theme. Today, we're talking about a Cleveland international tradition. Our special guest is Johnny Wu, co-organizer of Cleveland's One World Day event. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me here. And this year, I understand, marks the 76th annual One World Day Festival. So it's been around quite a while, yet I'm sure many people still need a primer on what it is. Sure, sure. A quick overview on what One World Day is. So One World Day is a one-day celebration that happens every year. The Cleveland Culture Garden Federation is the company organization that put together this One World Day event. And they have been doing this every year for the past 75th year. This year will be the 76th. And it usually happens on the third Sunday of August. The event is part of the culture gardens of all the different culture gardens get together and put this event together. And it does um, celebrating the culture of different ethnic city background. So you have Italian garden, you have the um, Chinese garden, the Hebrew garden, the Greek garden, and so on. About 35 different gardens right now that's actually come together one day celebrating the culture, the diversity that we have in Cleveland and providing uh, an opportunity for everybody to come in to walk through the gardens. No cars of, uh, can be, the whole place will be blocked off and then get to experience each garden and learning the culture and, and the education of each garden. So it's a very big event. It used to be 100 to 500 people showing up, but now we actually grew up to about 30,000 people attending the event on one day. So it's a very great highlight of the city uh, the city of Cleveland is part of the sponsor of the event just because uh, the culture garden is located in the city um, property. And so they are actually part of in making this happen. Well, Johnny, I have to say, I absolutely love this event. I grew up in the Glenville community. I grew up going to uh, One World Days. I went to the last year's One World Day. It's stunning. It's a beautiful, beautiful event. Lots of hard work, but I am telling you, I enjoy every moment. The food, the costumes, the music, the special performances, just amazing. So I hope everyone can attend this year. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, I know that there's a lot um, based on the culture, but it, you all do a naturalization ceremony as well. Yes, we do. We do. We, uh, we got fortunate enough that allow, the court allowed us to have a naturalization going on at the uh, one word day and used to be in after the ceremony. But now we actually push back. Like last year, we did it at, at 11 o'clock in the morning. So we have new citizens coming in um, into the garden and then go to the main uh, Centennial Plaza. And we have a, a, a district judge there, and he was swearing people, the different new citizens, and they get a neat little packet, and they get a chance to uh, uh, chill and enjoy the parade of flag, which are usually about thousands of people parading throughout the whole garden, and then have a great time there. So yeah, each garden have food, cultured performances. We also have some educational part of, part of the thing where student and kids or adults sometimes, they can pick up one of the passport, a little passport we have for, for the event, and they can go to different gardens and learn something new and get a stamp on it 
and then you can take that little passport to the Federation booth to get a free prize or free item. And that has been a very, very popular. We always get run out of passport and people complain about it and say, where's your passport? I want my passport. And it was like, I'm sorry, we're run out. So, you know, we do our best of what we can. That was that was me uh, this past summer, Johnny. I was like, where's your passport? You have to yeah. get there early. If you don't get there early, people, you will miss out on your passports. So. Exactly. And the best time to come there is always go there like 11 o'clock to enjoy the naturalization and, and be excited about it and be proud of the new citizen that joining in there and be part of Cleveland. And then stick around for the parade of flag. Uh, every garden is going to have their little uh, small group of people. Uh, well, not small anymore because sometimes we have up to 150 people marching for one garden. And that will continue on the tradition. We also invite different uh, ethnic groups, Puerto Ricans, other different organizations to be part of this parade of flag so they can uh, be proud of and proud about their culture and parade with us. And it's so much fun. And when the point that when when that whole process go through, you feel the joy and feel proud to be as Clevelander here. Each of you has mentioned it, and there's so much to talk about with the One World Day Festival, but I want to make sure I start with this part at least because I love the food at these types of festivals, and I want to hear about the food at One World Day. What can <laughs> I eat? What kind of food we have there? So, um, so for example, if you go to a Serbian garden, there'll be certain Serbian type of uh, uh, food available for you. If you go to Italian garden, obviously you will have pizza or something else. You go to the Irish garden or the, or the Lebanese garden or the Turkish garden, they got different kind of food. So every garden will prepare their own food or they will uh, uh, commission and cultural, uh, ethnic, their own ethnic restaurant to come out and, and prepare the food for them. In addition to that, we also have a food truck available to be stationed different places um, because the, the whole area is all closed down. So you had to walk and it's about, if you had to walk the whole garden, it will take you probably four hours to five hours. So people will get very hungry. So certain dead spots, we can have food truck available. This way people can actually be able to enjoy and have some food or drinks before they go out to the next garden. So the MOK will be completely closed down. East Boulevard will be completely closed down between East 90 to I-90 all the way to um, East 105th Street, that area will be completely closed down. So people can enjoy walking, enjoying that. If the weather is great, they're gonna enjoy the weather and have a great time just having a good outdoor opportunity. I do wanna say, Johnny, um, there is a lot of walking, so please make sure you wear your walking shoes when you come. Yep, we have but walking shoes. We also have, um, we also have our scooters available now for people to ride. I think the scooter company Spin, they will actually offer you, give you five minutes of riding for free. For five minutes, you can probably go to certain gardens beforehand so you won't get too tired. <laughs> so Johnny, we've been talking a little bit earlier about, unfortunately, some of the, the violence has been perpetrated against the Asian American community. And why are events like this, international events like this in Cleveland so important in helping to address um, violence against uh, communities and racism? So um, I took, took part of this being the producer of the One World Day uh, six years ago, maybe seven years, well, seven years now, since to this year, the seven year. Um, when I started being the producer, there was a lot of pushback because I'm not um, European descent. And most of the garden there are European, but based on my capability of being able to make it happen, and they they trusted me because I also co-found a co-run the event uh, Cleveland Asian Festival. 
So that make them trust me more. And now they just don't want me to leave. They just keep, keep, keep asking me to come back to help them out. And that's very important because that shows that through being building this relationship between different ethnic groups, make a person uh, not become valuable because not because of his skin color or his ethnicity, but because of what he can offer to the community. And by working all together as a group, we actually embrace the passion part of embracing each other and understanding each other. The problem with racism is usually happen because of lack of education or lack of understanding the culture. And that builds up you know, through years, it builds so many, so many times to through years that uh, people build out this anger or that scaredness or that afraidness of reaching out and, and that happens. And unfortunately, that's something that also um, that we want to make sure that people understand. By working together, we can get rid of, hopefully, uh, minimize racism because we actually show each other who we are as a person, not because of our color or skin. So we've mentioned uh, food. You talked about the naturalization service as a must-see. What do you recommend as maybe the first thing to go look at when you go to the One World? So Bank? first thing you go is park your car at via parking lot. That's the first important thing. And then we have free shuttles to take you from the VA parking, uh, VA employee parking lot all the way to the south, south gate of the uh, entrance. So from there, you can start either take the bus, the same bus, into the garden, or you can start walking. So if you get at 11, 11 o'clock, join the uh, naturalization ceremony. If you get it before about 12 o'clock, go to the plaza area to, to check out the parade of flag. And if you come, to, if you get there later than two o'clock, uh, Check out all the different places. We also have, hopefully, two beer gardens this year. Uh, used to be only one beer garden at the upper level of the East Boulevard, which is the German garden. But we think about getting one new one set up for uh, the Serbian garden, which is the north side of the LMIK. So hopefully that happens, then people can actually enjoy beer, enjoy some food, and, and, and enjoy the whole area. And also, of course, the weather. If the, we have a 70 degree weather, that'll be perfect weather for everybody to have a great time. But yeah, there's a lot of things. I'm so glad you mentioned that second beer garden because I'm telling you, it's a walk <laughs> you know, all the way up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we 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 all want to try something new to be able to make sure that uh, the people that's on the north side of the of the gardens, like over the uh, closer to the I-90, they can actually try some different beers too. And of course, every garden got food. Every garden got some agriculture thing or vending or merchandise for sale. Just don't be there late. If you be there about three or four o'clock, you may run out of food, so you won't be there to enjoy anything. So Johnny, I know that the Egyptian garden is one of the newer gardens to the area. And it's also the only garden that represents the African continent. Can you tell mm -hmm. us anymore? Are there any newer gardens coming soon? What, what should we look for? Or in addition to the Egyptian garden being one of the newer gardens, what else is a, which, which one of the other ethnicities has the newest garden? So in addition to the Egyptian garden, I believe there is also gonna be French garden, uh, Colombia garden, I think this just started, and a couple other gardens that I can't remember the names right now, because uh, my job is mostly for the one word day. So all the different gardens being uh, participating, uh, new gardens are coming in, the executive director, Lori Ashik, her, her, that's her job. So she would know that more than I do about that kind of part. Uh, but I, so far right now, I know that all the new proposed garden will be participating. There's maybe about eight of them. So we don't know how to put, place them yet because 
we're running out of space. That's the bottom line. So the whole strip of the, the, the culture garden area is so filled with all the different garden ethnic groups already. So any other new garden come in, we had trying to find them temporary placement into the map. So people, people they can showcase their art culture and then we can help people to get to them. So hopefully that will work out this way. It's both considered the upper gardens and the lower garden. And the garden starts from where the art museum is, right? Right. And goes all the way down to 90. Yes. So to uh, 89th Street, I believe, on East Boulevard, and then uh, Elmo K from the I-90 all the way to uh, over, 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 well, before, before East 105th Street. So that area. And the Chinese garden is all the way further different direction. So um, we will find a way, a way to get people there too, just, just, just because it's a little bit further from everybody. Yeah, but it's a long where walk. Is the, where is the Chinese garden? The Chinese garden is across from the Museum of Art. That's what, I, okay. So that's not the Japanese garden? No, that's the Chinese garden with a, okay. with a confused. There's no Japanese garden. There's only three Asian garden, the Chinese garden, the Vietnamese garden, and the Korean garden. Got you. Okay. Now you mentioned was it eight new gardens? How many total gardens are there? The total currently, uh, officially, already uh, the on the on the map is about thirty-two gardens, and then we have nine new proposed gardens that coming in, and I think eight of them is already being finalized, but we don't have a space for them yet. So, so, so we still have to figure something out. That's pretty well, amazing. And Johnny, there are still gardens that have been around for quite some time, but they're still making additions to their garden space. I know the African-American garden yes. space is collect, collecting money for a waterfall, which I'm fascinated about, Johnny. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure how that's going to work. But <laughs> yeah, the African-American garden are currently working on the second phase of their fundraising. So the uh, each gardens are managed and, 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 and managed by different culture groups in Cleveland. So most of these culture groups are, are, are nonprofit self-sustained uh, type of uh, groups. So they had to maintain the gardens by themselves and they had to raise the money for, the, for their own garden. It's a lot of work. And I think they usually need to raise more than a couple million dollars to be able to do something with their own garden. And so um, it's a lot of work, but Everybody, by the, for the day of one world day, they all get together and have a great time because they want to celebrate their culture and showcase the culture to everybody else. And of course, if you have a beautiful garden, I, I'm looking forward to African-American garden. That would be so much fun over there. And that will make it more attractive for people to come to work throughout the whole year, not only just for one day of the, of the year. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I want to say. I know we definitely want people to come on August the 28th for one world day. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the gardens are open and available all year long. It's beautiful if you want to bike or take a walk or, you know, just get out and get some yep. nature right in the heart of Cleveland. That's the, one of the best places to go. Exactly. But, and also um, during, the, uh, during the summer, there's got a new program here at the garden. It's called the World on Stage. It's happening every certain weekend, May 21st, June 18th, June 26th. July 10, July 16. These are certain dates I already know of. Uh, July 30, August 6 or 7. Those are dates that are going to have activities going on uh, by different gardens at the Centennial Plaza. So people can participate with us, have a great time and enjoying the culture and all the celebration. 
for example, uh, June 10, it will be in June 18. And they're gonna have a celebration at the Centennial Plaza. And that's something that I was there last year and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Even though it rained out the most of the time, but we have fun. We got wet, but we have fun. <laughs> so Johnny, is there a website that folks can go to to learn more about One World Day? Sure, they can go to clevelandoneworldday.org or they can go to the Culture Garden website, which have all the other information, all the different activities throughout the whole year, which is the clevelandculturegarden.org. So with all these gardens, is there kind of a competition between them to try to showcase themselves over the others? You mentioned a waterfall. They do, the they do. A lot of gardens, uh, they don't want to be left out or be feel like their garden is smaller than the others. So they compete. They're trying to raise a lot of money and to try to make their garden better than the others. That happens a lot, but again, because most of the delegates of our representation for the gardens are seniors, they are hoping to get younger generation to get involved. So if anybody listening to this, please, and you would love to be involved in your ethnic group, you know, go check out the culture garden and offer them your help because they always want to have younger generation to help support the garden as, as a whole. I, I like to call it a friendly competition, Mike, because I think <laughs> as they as they compete against each other to build more fountains and add more uh, greenery, I just think it makes the whole area just even more beautiful. I yes, I can't. I don't know how old I was when we started taking walks in the cultural garden, but I remember being very young and how different it looks from when I was a kid. It's just, it's stunning. It's absolutely gorgeous. And like you mentioned, Johnny, it's a lot of hard work that goes into the gardens as well as the One World Day. So yes. thank you to all the volunteers out there. <laughs> they did a wonderful job. I mean, when I first went to the cultural gardens area, I was very uh, impressed and also very lost because I didn't know any culture or any gardens, but then now for six years long, I still have a hard time remembering where garden located what, uh, which garden located what. But um, in general, I know exactly almost almost where the, where the different gardens at, and actually understand the culture. It's something I learned personally, and I feel like this is something that every Clevelander need to go and check it out and learn the different culture of all the diversity group because that not only help you become a very more cultural uh, uh, involved at the same time you learn about the history of all, what we have in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, that friendly competition can only benefit the public who gets to go down there and see something bigger and better. Exactly. Every yep. So I want to give you a minute to kind of brag about yourself a little bit. You're kind, you're quite accomplished. Uh, one thing I want to be sure to ask you about is that you are an inductee into two martial arts hall of fame. That is <laughs> one, much less multiple. Can you tell us about that? Well, uh, I have been a martial artist for. A over many, many years. So I started doing martial when I was three years old. My martial system was a father to son pass-on technique. I did have some students uh, all over the world now uh, doing some stuff. This, the technique we do in my system is very basic. It's no, there's no forms, everything is more like technique-based. So you don't see me performing anywhere, but you can only see that if there's a fight going on, I probably could survive against someone. That's for sure. Uh, we um, because of that, I think the uh, the, the family system has been passed down for about twenty eight hundred years, over twenty eight hundred years now, and because of that, the a lot of martial artists and friend of mine recognized that and then uh, brought me into their hall of fame and inducted me into it. Uh, it was an honor for that. At the same time, you know, feel like a little bit too much over my head. So sometimes I had to 
put a pin, a pin to my head to, to deflate the, the air so I don't go fly away. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. Thank you. And you recently had a sold out martial arts comedy musical premiere at the Atlas Lakeshore Movie Theater, which is right. That was a while ago. Actually, I'm sorry. That was at 2018. So I'm a filmmaker. I make a lot of different movies. Uh, one of my movies uh, is the, it's a martial arts comedy musical that's going to be re-released -re to the public on uh, video on demand um, probably after April 5th. So it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, that is a pretty fun project I did. We shot majority of the Culture Gardens, actually, just because I felt like it's a comedy, it's a drama piece, the Culture Garden may work out really well. Uh, after that movie, I did a sci-fi action movie that won a whole bunch of different awards. And that one's called The Immortal Combat, The Code. You can actually find that on Tubi for free to watch it. And uh, the latest one I just finished, and it's actually currently just out on Apple TV, DirecTV, Voodoo, Amazon Prime is the Uling the Society. That's another sci-fi feature film. So yeah, those three are currently gonna be out about making its its way to people's heart, hopefully. <laughs> and then I'm a big comic book movie fan. I always go with a group of friends to the premieres weekends of whichever one comes out. And I saw that you have a Parker the Spider-Verse film and another <laughs> yes. be a big comic fan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I also made three different fan films. The first one I did was uh, back in 2003. It's called A Joker's Card. It's a DC parody. It's a comical where it's kind of imagining what happened when uh, uh, all the superheroes, the supervillains, they have kids. So her Poison Ivy's daughter, uh, um, Nightwing's son, we have uh, Joker's son, uh, Dr. Free's son, and they, they, in their world, they want to, the bad guys want to take over the world. The good guy doesn't know what to do. So kind of, it's very comical. So that got really well put together and people really like it. So I make another fan film called the Superman fan film and that did well. Then, and then I, did a, I did a Doctor Who fan film and that actually really do really well because uh, every year there's a Comic-Con here in Cleveland, the Wizard World Comic-Con, but now they call it a Fan Expo. We were always getting invited to be there and have our little booth there, showcase our TARDIS and showcase our little internal uh, so uh, our own made internal device inside the TARDIS and, and people love it. And then finally, we decided to do a Parker a Superman fan film just because the actor for that, the main actor looks like Tom Holland. So <laughs> I try to kind of <laughs> try to um, use that similarity to get people to get involved. So that, that was uh, what I did. Um, the Parker one did well and uh, people still watching it, but I think I'm done doing fan film for now and it's gonna go move forward to more feature film in the future. Wow, you are so busy. I, I'm trying to figure out where you find the time. And and with all of that said, One World Day, Filmmaker, and the Cleveland Asian Festival. Is there gonna be a Cleveland Asian Festival this year? There will be a Cleveland Asian Festival this year. It's gonna be May 21st and 22nd. We are currently working, finalizing all the paperwork for all the vendors, the sponsors. Hopefully by the beginning of May, we'll have all the all team locked down and have a schedule out. But we're looking forward for this. We, we are not anticipating a lot of people just because we're just coming back from COVID uh, after a year and a, a year of not doing it and another year was a virtual. But this year, we are, I'm very excited about it just because I want to see people in, in person. I want to be in a touch to food, eat the food, enjoy the performances and see people all having a great time at Asian Town and having great time in one word day. 
this is this is something I love doing. It. See people having a great time. Before we conclude our conversation today, is there anything else that you want us to know or want to share with our listeners regarding uh, the One World Festival or the Asian American community? If you live in Cleveland, don't ever say that there's nothing for you to do in Cleveland because there's always something happening every weekend in Cleveland. Winter, uh, bright winter. We have the, the marathon going on. We have so many things going on. But if you live in Cleveland, you say you have, you, there's nothing going on in Cleveland, you're really not living the, your life. And so I personally only have time to do my own festival and not be able to go out to other places. But I know there's so many festivals going on here. So if you're here, go, go check out the Cleveland Asian Festival. Go check out the One World Day event on August 28th. Go check out the, uh, the opera in Italy, Italy, for the Italian Garden sometime in June. Go check out the marathon happening every three months, I think, or almost every summer, every week in the summer, there's a marathon going on in Cleveland. Go ahead and have a great time. There's so much thing to do here in Unity Festival, for example. And, and we had a, we have also won some best uh, Asian uh, film festival here in Cleveland too. So go involved. If you, you're afraid of crowd like I am, I'm actually, for your, for your, I'm actually very don't like the crowd, but if I had a chance, I will go check it out. The Greek festival, the Polish festival, the African-American June, Juneteenth festival, all this. Have a great time, embrace the culture, learn about the culture, so this way, racism will no longer be an issue for everybody to be, be thinking about in the future. Well, this all sounds great. And you've definitely sold me on going to the One World Day Festival. And I hope anyone else listening goes to check it out as well. Thank you very much, Johnny Wu, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. And now, the news you cannot use. Casey, according to TheGuardian.com, a recent national holiday in New Zealand meant that one of the country's largest city libraries was closed. All staff and security were given the day off. But the library in Taranga has automatic doors, and guess who forgot to change the settings to keep the door closed? No worries, though. 380 people came in that day and used the library as it was meant to be, checking items through self-checkout machines. Library staff reported nothing stolen, the one patron left a note saying he was mad he couldn't find a librarian to help him check out some CDs. Euclid Public Library's doors require a person to unlock them with a key, so we'll always have someone on hand to help you with the CDs and anything else. Mike, everyone likes sourdough bread, right? Well, now there's a library in tiny St. Vith, Belgium, population just over 9,000 people. According to atlasobscura.com, the Puritus Sourdough Library houses 105 sourdough starters from around the world. How would you like to be the sourdough librarian as Carl DeSmet is? He says, until 160 years ago, everyone making bread used sourdough. DeSmet worked in corporate training for Puritos, a manufacturer and supplier of bakery products. Puritos' first acquisition was a San Francisco sourdough in 1989. The then opened the Sourdough Library in 2013. You can learn more about sourdough and the library at thequestforsourdough.com or come to the library and grab a book on bread making. That's the library news you cannot use. Thanks for listening to Checked Out. We hope you will tune in next time. You can learn more by going to our website at euclidlibrary.org.